You're listening to The Community Pulse, a podcast about developer relations, community management, and all things tech advocacy. Let's see what our hosts are chatting about this episode. One of the most difficult parts of managing a community is ensuring everyone adheres to a universally acceptable system of behavior. With events, there is generally a code of conduct that makes it clear what behaviors are acceptable, what behaviors aren't, and the consequences of operating outside of those rules. Sometimes it falls on an individual or a team to handle this. And in the online world uh, today, we'll be talking about moderation, moderation with a guest who knows exactly how it works. But first, let's hear a message from our sponsor. The world's best software teams use CircleCI to deliver quality code with confidence. As the largest continuous integration and delivery platform, CircleCI empowers engineers to seamlessly take ideas to execution at scale. The CircleCI platform is optimized for developer productivity, speed, and confidence. CircleCI understands how engineering teams work and how their code runs. Companies like Intuit, Apple, and Spotify use CircleCI to improve productivity, release better products, and get to market faster. Visit communitypulse.io slash CircleCI to get started. Hey, everybody. Before getting into it, we'd like to give you a content warning. Some of the topics we discuss may include conversations around issues of violence, mental health, or other triggering behaviors or activities. Please be aware and listen at your comfort level. And now let me hand it over to SJ to get us started. Thanks so much, PJ. Hey, everyone. We're super excited to have Rosie Sherry with us today. Um, I would love to hand it over to her to introduce, introduce herself, and then we'll get started. Hey, thank you, everyone. I'm Rosie. Um, I'm, I call myself a community builder. Previously, I bootstrapped my own community-driven company, Ministry of Testing. And then after that, I was uh, leading the community over at Indie Hackers. And more recently, I'm working with Orbit as a, a community lead. Thank you so much, Rosie. What a, what a storied background in community. Um, lots of different <laughs> things to pull on. We're really excited to dive yeah. in. So okay. I think that, you know, um, this topic topic of moderation is so key to community. Um, we kind of want to start with you know the beginning of the process. Moderation itself is it's generally used to handle behaviors within a community. Um, in all y'all's opinion, we'll we'll start with you, Rosie. Um, what are some of the steps that we can take to you know gain widespread adoption um, as moderation is trying to be rolled out into a community? Uh, yeah, I mean it's. it's Moderation overall, I think, is really tough, and I think a lot of it depends on the type of community uh, you you run or you're part of. Um, most of my experience is obviously from the communities that I've been responsible for, um, and I guess like my my approach has always been like have have what have the foundations in place, as in like have the you know I guess best practices of um, you know guidelines and codes of conduct. And to, mostly in the hope that you don't ever really have to use it or point to it, but it's it's there if you need it. Um, but 
I love, I, I prefer to lead by example and like creating the space that you want to see and like amplifying the goodness and every, you know, and then like trying your best. I, you know, if there is anything that's, that's not of your liking, then um, obviously like hide it as much as you can to either protect people, but also like stamp it out quickly so it doesn't kind of infiltrate even more. Um, and I think, I guess generally with so many like types of communities out there, um, probably, you know, it's a huge rabbit hole to go down to or go down through, but um, communities can be such a horrible place, right? And you say, if they're not managed properly, if they're not moderated and um, I think, you know, I, I think it's where the world is now or has been, you know, growing in so many different directions. It's, you know, I, I don't really have direct experience with many of those uh, kind of situations, I guess, but um, it's definitely one that I would have you know, aimed to avoid um, in any community that I run. It's like, it, it fills me with dread and fear um, of like you know, having, I guess, toxic communities. Yeah, setting a tone is definitely uh, something that I also subscribe to, making sure that you show, be an example of what good behavior looks like and how you treat your community members and hopefully they'll treat you back in the same way. When you have a new member join a community, unfortunately they don't know the tone, at least not initially. What do you usually do or what would you advise for new users coming into the community? How do you make sure as a moderator that they are informed of what the rules are and what kind of standard of interaction that you expect? Yeah, um, I like to, I mean, where possible, I think. Like being really horrible. I like to try to assume that people mean well. Um, so I guess like, you know, low scale moderation might be someone's posted in, in the wrong place um, or posted something that they, you know, perhaps is not particularly bad, but it's just uh, not the kind of things we would post. Um, I, I, and um, I guess you get you get a lot of that with like marketing type or self promotional type stuff. Um, that's probably like, for, in my experience, the most rampant kind of moderation challenges is that people come in and they they you know they selfishly want to post about, about themselves, um, and it's not you know particularly hateful or toxic in any way. It's just like it, it damages the, the the environment in in other ways, um, so. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's like, it depends. Like how I think I think a lot of it is like first like structure the environment so it's like obvious for people what to post and where to post. But if if they're still like posting things that they shouldn't be, um, and and they're new, I, I like to think like you know rather than like uh, saying things out publicly, um, if if you have the means to like message them directly to say hey this is. No, I've removed this, or I've done this, and this is this is why. Or instead of posting this here, you, you know, you should repost it there. Um, but rather than doing it publicly, I think qu quite often, like people meanwhile, and like shaming, almost shaming them publicly, is you know something that can really kind of put them off coming back. So I I, I think I've seen this a lot in the communities that I'm involved in as well. It seems that um, kind of 
the job of the moderator is to make sure that people still feel welcome. They feel like their, their opinions are taken care of. And, and, and like you're saying, you, you don't publicly shame someone. There's none of that. Like, how could you, how dare you? Why would you? None of that goes on. It's less blame and more like, Hey, maybe you weren't aware. And, and it's about the awareness, but you know, that kind of leads into my next question is like, how do you, how do you kind of like decide who the moderators are? How do you, control there because you can you could have you know i've seen situations where uh there's moderators in your community and they're they're kind of overzealous and kind of jump and pounce and do that kind of not even public but sometimes just kind of aggressive uh moderation as opposed to what you're talking about which seems like more of a, a learning opportunity like hey you probably made a mistake and you didn't know you were supposed to do that here instead of over there um yeah. you just be aware of it in the future and it's more of a like my god what have you done um like, how do you kind of like moderate the moderators? Yeah, good question. So I've, I've definitely had like situations in the past where I've had help from like community members to, you know, as, as moderators. And uh, they, they end up like, like, as you say, be, being like overly harsh or, or not being, being as mindful as, as I would be. It's like, um, uh, and I, sometimes I struggle, like, you know, saying, well, you, you're being a bit harsh. You shouldn't have said that. And um, I think I, like in hindsight, I always have regret, like not just not saying things as they are. As I, you know, I wish I could, especially I guess my younger days, I wish I could have been more direct and just saying, look, you, you know, that's that's not that's not how we do things. Um, and I do think some moderators get kind of like a, a power. Um, what do you call it? A power. Um, like a power trip. Yeah, power trip from like saying, "Oh, I've I've got control of this. I have, you know, I I, I can do do what I like, and um, perhaps not, you know, to, you know, take an advantage of that, or um, you know, I I just think like the culture, try, trying to like set a culture tone is so important, and I think um, definitely like going forward with communities is like being super strict with." the things that you do believe in and that you do want to see. And if a moderator is um, behaving in, in a power trip kind of way, then um, crack down on that. And even, you know, if necessary, apologize to the people, that, you know, that the moderator has been in contact with. And, um, yeah, because it's, it's such a, like, you know, a big thing. If one experience can really kind of change the perception of, of someone who, who is part of the community and they'll, they'll never come back. And um, even worse than them not coming back is them sharing their negative experiences with others. Um, so it's like um, moderators are so, so, so important, but probably also not appreciated enough for the things they do. Um, and I think, you know, overall, like the culture of moderators, um, quite, you know, quite often they volunteer, you know, um, or low paid and you know if that's the culture of a community that you set then uh, what you know what do you expect you know say you know so many commu communities survive on free labor um, and and that's challenging because like um, you know I, I don't know the solution to it but um, you know I definitely feel it's a challenge and um when I've built communities in the past, I've always insisted as, as much as possible that we pay people who help us or we definitely give back. And um, 
even even if we're not paying them directly, then we're supporting them in some kind of way or, or, or helping them learn about how to become better moderators or helping them advance their career, you know. Um, and I just don't think a lot of people have that culture when it comes to what moderators can do. Absolutely. I think one of the things that you brought up is so valid and one of the struggles I've had in, in communities and trying to identify, you know, is that, that first step, how do you even identify who was going to potentially be a successful moderator? And in that case, once you sort of identify them, how do you actually set them up for success? Like, do you train them up on the code of conduct? Like, what is, like, is it part of an ambassador program? Like, there's so many different ways to approach identifying who these folks are and how they'll be, you know, hopefully a value add for your kind of cultural experience of your community. Um, so in your in your experience, like, has, is there any sort of like general best practices or you know patterns you've noticed in um, those first stages of identifying who the moderators are? Because I think often we're tempted to kind of go with the squeakiest wheel in the community, and often those folks are not necessarily the folks that we want to be you know putting into positions of of um, enforcement uh, for the kinds of communities we want to grow. And so I have personally found that to be a tremendous challenge. So if anyone has any, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to jump in on that real quick because sure. one, one of the things that I found is like, I know that a lot of people, it's, it's, it's a troublesome community, we'll say, but like the community that's, that's, that is in a lot of like online forums, a lot of times moderator duties get put to someone who participates the most. Um, so the person who's posting the most or adding the most content or whatever it is. And the default is like, Hey, you seem to do a lot around here and you, you comment a lot of things. We should probably make you a moderator. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are set for moderation. And also someone who participates a lot is almost definitely going to say yes. Um, whether they know that they're the right fit or they know that they're not aware that they're not the right fit, they're probably going to say yes. And this can often, I think, lead to a negative moderator experience um, where they do become kind of those more aggressive, toxic moderators because they believe that the community looks the way that they think it looks, not the way they don't take into account other perspectives in a specific, you know, group of people. Um, so I think that can be troublesome, but that's, that was kind of my two cents on the difficulties of finding the right moderators to, to have as part of a community. One thing I have found is that at least by the time you sort of identify that your community needs moderation, like that's okay. already a good signal for engagement of your community. Right. Um, and hopefully, in some of the more positive experiences I've had with this, you're able to find, like, as Mr. Rogers says, you can find the helpers, right? Um, and you can see the folks who are actively going in and, like, answering questions for folks and being supportive. And um, you can kind of tell that it's just sort of in their nature. Like, that's their jam is to help other people out. And that's how they engage in community. And I have found um, those folks especially deserve incentive and, like, reward, right? Because they're be they're doing such good things. But um, those folks, um, even if they don't like participate with the frequency we'd like, they tend to be, um, um, you know, a, a better overall add to the experience in terms of like, you know, having the sort of instinct of what to look for and how to support folks. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, a good point, especially about you know falling into the trap of whoever's most active. Um, it, you know, it's something so easy just to think that they they would be the, like the best kind of person. 
I think also stuff that I like to think about general this is like generally in community, but I think I think it also applies to like moderation is who who are the people that would benefit the most and learn the most from taking on a role of moderation. And if it's not going to be someone who's the most active, for example, is it how how can you find those people who are perhaps less active or um and but are like good empathetic people as well. Um, so so you know, maybe people who come from different backgrounds. Um, if we look at like the way the whole world is today, and it's like maybe you know thinking about more diversity, it's like people with experience who who you know have have not had life so easy, they'll naturally be more empathetic to, towards uh, situations and hopefully be able to deal with like moderation issues with with more calm. You would hope, um, but I think like. If a per if the, the the most active person might not benefit as much from moderating, but if you you find people who perhaps could could learn and and grow with the community, then I I, I would you know I would hope that you know they would stick around longer or be have a bit more enthusiasm to to take on the role, and sometimes if you try to get people involved who are too busy already, they can quite easily you know. Um, drop it off their list and not actually not end up being very helpful because they're they're too busy. So it's like trying to find the people who aren't too busy and who, who can grow from the experiences is a way to kind of find the win-win between uh, running a community and, and and also for the community moderators. Yes, also, and if they're oversubscribed, they can burn out also prematurely and just leave the community altogether. And that's also something that's not necessarily... Um, uh, an outcome that you want for your community. Um, moving from like front and center moderation of like looking at posts and all that, uh, code of conduct is usually what is very actively seen uh, from the user using a community. Um, but there's more that goes on. I was wondering if you could just give your opinion and fill us in on behind the scenes after the code of conduct is put there publicly, what happens in terms of structure and setup for it to really hit home and really be an effective form of moderation for a company? Yeah, good question. Um, so I guess like I've been, uh, my, my, my two biggest experiences with communities like Indie Hackers um, and Ministry of Testing, the, sc the scale between the two has been quite different. So, um, I think when I was at Indie Hackers, for example, they, they used to be like, I don't know, like 200, 250 posts a day that would kind of fly through the forum. And I, I can't remember what it was at Ministry of Testing, but it was probably more like five or 10 posts a day that, that would fly through. So, you know, the, the scale is, is different. Um, and I, I also think like, the situation for me was different as in Ministry of Testing, I was like the founder of the company. So I could like make all, you know, I would just like do stuff and not seek permission. Um, and Indie Hackers is different, you know, owned by Stripe, uh, run by the, the original founder, Cortland. Um, so, I, I, and, you know, I was given much, pretty much like free, free reign of things. So there's, there was like huge flexibility, but, I think the challenges were different. So um, with Ministry, Ministry of Testing, we had discourse and the 
moderation functionality was quite mature and it would catch catch a lot of uh, typical things. It would stop it, like, you know, posts from even appearing, like from new members, like, you know, all this marketing stuff, it would, you know, and people could report stuff easily. And with India, because there was like, because it's like all custom built, um, and fairly lean in like the team setup that there wasn't really much in terms of moderation, um, like automated kind of moderation. And even until I left, a lot, a lot of it was still done manually and a lot of uh, code was like being like proactively written to stop like spam coming in. And we, we had like this never, never ending uh, <laughs> stream of spam. Um, which was quite interesting to see the, the, the variety of it that, that were coming. Um, but like within the actors, like I took the philosophy is like, all right, if I can't stop it appearing, I want, it, I want to get rid of it manually as quickly as I can. Um, so, you know, that like basically like every day when I logged in, that was like the first thing I did. I would, I would look for spam and, um, and, and, and clear it off and, it wasn't a perfect solution, but it was kind of like make, making do uh, with with what I had and and what I could do. And um, I believe that was like, the, you know, making do with what I have. I believe I did I, I did the best that I could. And I believe like if I hadn't done that, that would would have definitely kind of impacted um, the the community um, experience. Now it's interesting that you mentioned spam because I think spam is kind of one thing. It's actually probably a division of things that need to be moderated in any kind of forum or community thing. But then there's also kind of the more serious situations, which include things like, you know, people threatening suicide or threatening violence against others or all kinds of harassment. And how do you, how do you handle serious situations? Like, is this something where you need to spot it, get the authorities involved? And I mean, this isn't just for Rosie, this is for anybody, yeah. but like, you know, wh what do you do when things escalate from like, Hey, I don't agree with you to, Hey, I'm literally threatening you. I, I'm lucky enough that I've not like had like super serious situations like that. Um, there have been like some mental health um, kind of situations, um, and with Ministry of Testing, we had sent some of our staff on like a mental health training course uh, to help them be able to deal with like situations and, not, and know what to do or where to send people. I think for me personally, I was like always like it's like it's like my worst nightmare, like trying to help someone who's in need, right? And I was like, I'm I'm not a professional for that, so I'm trying to direct them to professional services. We you know try to do that, but um, I think trying to take that on as like a community manager is 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 really risky and it's really taxing emotionally, um, mm. and especially like in professional communities that, that I've been involved in is like, I, you know, I, I don't think it's what we should really be dealing with, but these situations do come up and you need to be able to figure out something to do. Cause if you don't do something um, and, and something happens, it's not that it's your fault, but it's like, the, the, you know, it's, you'll still feel it. Right. So, right. Right. But, well, it's kind of like whether 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 it's your involvement or not. Like, there's still impact to you, your team, the people moderating, and things like that. Yeah. So it's like, what's the best thing you can do? Is like the best thing. I th I think I guess. I mean, I'd love to hear what other people say. Is like pointing them or, or trying your best to put them in touch with professional service 
services that they may need. Um, so, but you know, other than that, for me personally, it's like Ministry of Testing has generally been quite a safe place. Um, I've, I've rarely, I've had only one or two uh, fairly mean things done to me over the years. Um, and indie hackers, to be honest, it's like it suffers, suffers from a lot of spam, but it, it doesn't suffer from that like um, harassment or, tro or trolling or anything like that, which has been great. I was, I was really scared like joining at first, like being surrounded by. A bunch of tech, you know, it's very tech focused and, and very male dominated, and it was actually one of my biggest concerns when when joining. Is like, am I am I going to get harassed as a woman, um, like leading the community? But I, honestly, I had none of that, so you know, I'm very happy about that. I'm, if I could share my own little experience with like serious threats. Um, I used to work for a moderation company. I was the manager there. Um, we uh, moderated um, the account or the Twitter account for Walmart. And so I had about, uh, depending on the time of year, up to 90 or so direct reports that would handle all incoming outcoming for the Twitter account for Walmart. And because these were physical stores, um, it, it uh, required a certain level of coordination when we got like a bomb threat or a threat of action or violence where um, we would have to um, basically flag it, make sure we got screenshots and pictures of it to, so to prevent um, it from being deleted or um, and to get as much information as possible so we can package that up. Figure out if it was like county, uh, like a municipality or like uh, statewide or federal type of threat or uh, crime that was being threatened to be committed and making sure that those authorities were placed in a loop and then also um, contacting the physical stores and making sure that they're on alert and understood what was possible to happen. And what's important is um, also keep in mind that this is extremely American facing, America facing. So it might be different depending on if you're more international and in, in types of dealing with these threats of violence. Um, but making sure that the, the people who would be involved, um, that all of that was set up before a threat actually comes in, because it's really hard to scramble and get all of those people coordinated without knowing what the playbook is. So we need to know who were the no local numbers, who are the local authorities, if a certain kind of threat, who to contact directly instead of funneling through um, like a phone tree and to figure that out. So um, having that at the ready and never having to use it is extremely preferable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to me how, how many times we've actually mentioned, because I think at the top, Rosie also mentioned that the whole idea behind moderation is hoping to never have to use it. And I know that like, you know, when it comes to organized events, though, your, your goal with creating a code of conduct, not just events, but kind of any organizational code of conduct, your hope is that this will never get violated. I'll never have to use it. <clears throat> and I, I think it's interesting. That's kind of how the, the take on moderation is. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's like a million more questions we could ask about this, but we are kind of at time. So before we completely run out of time, I think we should get to the most famous part of the show, which is checkouts. Um, which will lighten the mood a little bit because we totally like really made it really heavy right there. Um, so we'll kind of lighten it up with, with our checkouts. Um, I'll get it started and then I'll toss it over to uh, SJ who can toss it to Wesley and then Rosie. And then I will close this out if that sounds good to everybody. 
Um, but so my, my checkout this week is an app called, called call of call of conduct. Um, and the idea is, you know, events have codes of conduct, but a lot of times there's no reporting uh, structure at all. So this app is built to kind of handle the reporting. So you have some sort of documentation should a code of conduct be, be violated. And I'm pretty sure it could probably be adapted for, for moderation to, to a community forum. Um, but like, you know, full disclosure, this is an app that I built. So I'm really proud of it and I'm super excited about it. Just kind of completed. It's still in beta, but you can check it out. Um, and maybe we'll adapt it so that we can actually moderate forums and stuff. And uh, that's my checkout. I'm going to toss it over to SJ. <laughs> Thanks, PJ. So my checkout this week is um, doesn't won't have a link and it won't have like a destination for you to go to. It's more of a concept. And that concept is to um, take care of yourself and it's summertime and we all just came out of a year of, um, you know, intense COVID stuff. And what I'm noticing is a lot of companies are giving folks maybe Friday afternoons off. They're giving folks like maybe an extra break in the summertime. But what that's doing is actually making folks more busy in the days when they're not working. Um, and so, so busy in fact, that I did not actually think of a real checkout for today. <laughs> and but so my shout out for everyone today is just like, pick your battles, take some time. Don't let, don't let, like we're in a really weird post I mean, not post for everyone, but um, pre-post you know, COVID, pre-post COVID world, and we need to like cut ourselves some slack and take a breather. So just remind yourself that it's okay to not be on top of everything. That's my checkout. Can I just, can I just add that a little bit? If you work at a company that gives you unlimited vacation, take it now. Take it and take a lot of it. Take take a ton. If they give you unlimited vacation, take yeah. a break. Don't fall into the trap. Mm -hmm. um, Wesley, what you got? First of all, is like like 100 plus plus to that. Be kind to yourself. Like take some time. This is like we're we're all trying to reintegrate into society in some sort of form of fashion. So be kind with um, being able to not necessarily do it perfectly. Uh, also, super appropriate uh, checkout, PJ. I'm so happy to hear about Call of Conduct. That looks like an amazing endeavor, and uh, I wish you, you the best of luck. So. Super excited. Uh, mine, my checkout is not so serious, and it's an ad that I actually got on Twitter that I thought was hilarious. Um, it's a company uh, called Titanium Buzz. You can find them at titanium-buzz.com, and they make rings. And one of the rings that they make is sponsored by Michelin or endorsed by Michelin, and these are rings that look like tire treads. Uh, and so, <laughs> wait, these are like, like, these are like rings that you put on your finger rings, rings you put on your finger. Uh, and I think, um, uh, maybe even wedding rings that might look like tires on your physical finger. Oh God, Wesley, you are so delighted by this. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I did. I, I, I typed it in and I am not, not impressed. I'll tell you right now. I'm <laughs> kind of excited. About I'm not having a strong no emotional idea. response to this concept. I'm not going to lie. Gonna, I don't want tire rings, but I'm glad you're right. Like, I, I don't either, but come on, look at them. Like they exist <laughs> in this world and I had no idea. And I was like, what? This they, People are actually doing this. They're, it's not just like a Kickstarter. This is not like I have a wacky idea. This is like a business. That and you could, you could save 15% with the code love. Yeah. So check it out. <laughs> if you want to laugh, if you may be interested in purchasing one, uh, check, okay. check out these so rings. That is okay, uh, those look like legit tires. So I kind yeah. of a bit more, but I still really don't want one. <laughs> like, do you get four? Like, like. 
I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Rosie, what are, you, oh, uh, <laughs> are there ones for winter? <laughs> All right, Rosie, what, what do you got? Uh, I, I, my, my one feels so serious now. Um, <laughs> so I, I had I had um, uh, the community creator economy as a term or a phrase that I'd love to see people talking more about. We, at least me personally, I hear a lot about the creator economy, but it's like how can we talk more about the, you know, community creator economy, like how communities come together, and how 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 they, you know, create communities, how they create sustainable businesses, how they make money, and how, you know how they do do great things. I'd love to hear more people thinking about that, writing about that. And over on Rosyland, um, one of my um, collaborators, friends, uh, wrote an article on that. So you know, I'll stick a link to it. But yeah, I, th- I, I for me as a as a founder, I find it like really interesting and so much potential to to kind of dive into. That is really cool, actually. Yeah, uh, we will definitely have the link in the show notes. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Rosie.land, I'm assuming that's kind of your blog collection kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a bit of a community for community builders, builders at the moment. I've been writing there for, for the past year or so. Very cool. Very, very cool. And yeah, I do think it's interesting because we, I think a lot of people do focus on like, you know, the software creators, the code creators, the hardware creators, but nobody talks about the people that are creating the community around these things. Yep. So yeah, that's a super important conversation. And I think, you know, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Rosie, thank you so much for being here. It was so awesome to get your insights and hear about what you had to say about moderation and communities and management and all that cool stuff. So thank you for being here. Thank you for um, having me. Thank you as always to my co-host SJ and Wesley. Uh, thanks to Mary who helped prepare a lot for this episode, even though she wasn't here. And as always, thanks to Jason for producing all this in the background, making us look good and doing the sliding of the tiles and all that jazz. Um, and he'll, he'll definitely be joining us for the after pulse. Um, before we take off, as always, you know, I love to stick in a little hip hop quote wherever I can. And I think this kind of fits in with our, our idea behind community and supporting it and moderation. So Naz, who's one of my favorite East Coast rappers of all time, probably one of the best in the game, uh, had this to say, keep integrity at every cost. And with that, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you next time. This has been Community Pulse. Learn more at communitypulse.io and on Twitter at community underscore pulse. Your hosts are Mary Thangball, Mary underscore Grace on Twitter, Jason Hand, Jason Hand on Twitter, PJ Haggerty, Asplenic on Twitter, SJ Morris, Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter, and Wesley Faulkner, Wesley83 on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.